0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. You know, as I stand up here on this front row, I'm a long way from anybody. I can't hear anybody singing except myself. That doesn't stop me from singing, though. But I've I've learned something this week about y'all. At least those back here in this corner. Maybe that corner. I don't remember which corner. But I heard this week that we've got some back there that just stand back there and move their lips. (laughs) So that it looks like they're singing. But because nobody in that corner sings. So don't let it surprise you next week if I, like, get out during the song service and kind of walk around to see who I can hear singing. Amen? Amen. You sit up here close, like this group, they sing. I know they sing. I can hear them sing from over here. Anyway, okay, that, that has nothing to do with anything. Other than, other than it brought a smile to my face as I was thinking about it and looking around, you know, to see people singing. Because it did look like you guys were singing back there. But anyway, everybody wonders who I'm talking about now. <laughs> That's okay, I'll never tell. Well, uh, at the risk of scaring you, I'm going to take a little stroll around the auditorium this morning. And I want to ask you, about uh, characteristics of a perfect father. Now, I realize there's no such thing as a perfect father. Okay? I mean, I mean, I had a good dad. He wasn't perfect. Right? But, uh, so this doesn't have to be something that was perfect about your father. Right? Just something that you would say, I think the perfect father would exhibit this characteristic. Okay, everybody ready? Alright. I'm not gonna call on anybody, so if you've got something, you're gonna have to flag me down. You got something? Honesty. Honesty. Okay, it tells you the truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if it hurts? Yes. Okay. Amen. Love. 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 Unconditional love. Unconditional, Unconditional love. Even when you goof up, <laughs> then what? She's not your father. <laughs> Amen. That's good. All the time. Amen. All right. Wisdom. Wisdom. Okay. All right. That's a hard one to come by, isn't it? You got something too? All right. I'll say present, because he was always there. Presence. That one didn't make my list. I like it though. That's good. That's good. Y'all are good. All right. Gail's got something. My dad was always on my side. Always on your side. That may or may not be a good thing. <laughs> I may not get to preach today. You guys may end up doing it all. Discipline, not that I know anything about it. Discipline, exactly. not that you know anything about it. Guidance. Guidance. Hard working. Okay, what, and what do you got in mind with that? He was a farmer and he cared for us and took care of us. Okay, does that have anything to do with provision, Providing? Yeah, amen, amen, that's good, that made my list, all right, dependable, dependable. all right, dependable, good, Begives. forgiveness, amen, amen, that's good, caring, caring. Yes, sir. a caring, all right, it, what, you have anything in particular in mind with that, no, okay, gave you band-aids when you skinned your knees, your your what? Oh, I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not done yet. He was afraid I was gonna forget you, Ruth. Loves your mother. Loves your mother. Okay. Or did he love you too? Oh, okay. Respectful. Respectful. Respectful of you as his daughter? Respectful of everyone. Okay. Amen. Oh, i got a whole bunch on this row. Hard-working and strict. Strict? Yes. Really? The per- Characteristic of a perfect father would be strict. Okay. Involved in your life. Involved. Taught me to work. Taught you to work. Okay. All right. You got one? Uh, leads in the Word. Leads in the Word. Okay. I like that. What? Patience. Patience. Yeah. My dad lacked a little of that. <laughs> at times. Truthful. Huh? Truthful. Truthful. Okay. We've had that one, but that's, uh, that's all right. But here? Wayne? Consistent. Consistent. All right. You always knew what you were going to get. All right. Willing to do hard things. Willing to do hard things. Oh, I got another one. I'm sorry, Kenneth. Just setting, setting a good example, uh, exa- prayer and Bible reading and being consistent. All right. Amen. Amen. That's good. Now, if I were to uh, have you raise your hand to everybody that had a father like all of those probably nobody would raise their hand or very few anyway because uh, you know as i said as the you know a perfect earthly father there there is not one but those are some wonderful characteristics amen i mean if we had if we had uh, fathers that exhibited those then we were then we were blessed well, as I was thinking about it, these are the characteristics that, uh, that made my list. Unconditional love, no matter what you did. You're not afraid that your father was going to abandon you or kick you out. Uh, forgiving, even when you did not live up to expectations, right? He still called you his own. I put giving, giving, provided for your needs, right? Food, shelter, clothing, and some special stuff too. Amen. protector, protector, you felt safe when he was around, right, you knew that, uh, that nothing too bad was going to happen, you know, when the father was there, and I put communicator, he talked to you, he knew what was going on in your life, even when you didn't really want it, amen, and, uh, I think somebody said presence, that's kind of what I get from that, um, and then I put teacher, right? Teach me what I really need to know in life. What's the important stuff? What's the not-so-important stuff that we focus on? And, um, and then all of those others. I, I appreciate you guys indulging me with, uh, with giving me the, the ability to, uh, to do that. You know, last week we began to take a look at the Apostle Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And the final result of that prayer in, uh, in verses 20, 20 and 21, right? Put 20 and 21 up there, guys. The final result of that prayer was this. Now to him who is able to do abundantly, exceedingly, beyond all that we ask or think... According to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever. All generations. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Folks, I think that we need to get excited and serious about the power ...of the Holy Spirit that is at work in us. Through which God is able to do more than we ask or think. I, can't, I just can't even tell you how it blesses my heart to, to walk around and to... Can, can I use your example, brother? Yeah? You know, this morning I come and Gary, you know, sitting down here faithful as, as he is... ...and got a son named Brian... So I said, Gary, how's Brian doing? He's, doing? he's doing okay. He's in some pain, but he's doing okay. Now, I don't, Probably a lot of, most of you didn't know, but uh, Gary's been trying to get Brian into OU Medical to get some procedures done that only they have the expertise and the equipment to do. And it's kind of been a struggle. Hadn't been able to get anybody to really engage. And he said, you know, this week while I was on the phone with them, and, we, and we've been praying about that, by the way, as a church. We prayed about that Wednesday night, so some of you know. And he said, and I, when I was on the phone with them this week, uh, a an appointment opened up for Thursday. And he said, amen, amen. And he said, so I asked the nurse, I said, well, would you make sure the doctor knows that Brian, you know, has this and this. And I mean, it's a laundry list of things that scare doctors, right? Yeah. And doctor told his nurse, doesn't sound like a problem. Amen. And you know what? Our God is able to do more than we ask or think. Amen. What a blessing it is right for a testimony of, of answered prayer of what god has done church i want us to be a church that believes god and asks god for i mean i don't know how big more than you can ask or imagine or ask or think is but i'd like to encroach on whatever that is amen now i don't want to make i don't want that to sound arrogant because it is only through the power of god That same power is at work in us, that scripture says. That power that works in us to bring him glory to all generations forever and ever. I don't want to be the generation that lets a generation go by that doesn't know Jesus. Amen? Well, that was last week. (laughs) So this morning I want to look at a little bit more of uh, Paul's prayer. And uh, I'm not sure how how much of this I'm, uh, I'm going to get through, but uh, I want to read verses uh, 14 through 19 to you. They'll be on the screen as we go by. I am reading out of the New American Standard Version um, this morning, and uh, for, for a reason, and I'll explain to you in just a minute, but uh, Ephesians chapter 3 beginning in verse 14 says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we... Read and look at your word this morning. The Lord that it might just uh, remind us or maybe even that your spirit might move within our hearts to see for the first time, God, just what kind of God you are. We pray for your blessing on this message. Give us ears to hear. Give me utterance to speak your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul starts that passage with uh, for this reason. It's a second time, it's the second time in a couple of chapters that he's used that because he has a tendency to wander off and praise God about some other stuff before he comes back. Okay, so, so he says, for this reason. Well, the first thing that I want to talk about is what that reason is. And, and if we went back, and, and I, I am not going to take the time this morning to do it. Uh, if you want to look at in, in Ephesians chapter 2, there's some really cool things there, right? That are, that are part of, for this reason. Now, Paul, Paul launches into this, to this prayer. And you know, and we talked about it a little bit last week, but but the apostles' prayers that he has written out in letters and sent to these churches, they're not just prayers to God, they're also a teaching to the people of God. Right? They accomplish both. Right? Just like what it's, just like my preaching from it this morning. I hope accomplish it's not just a prayer to God for the Ephesians, it's a prayer to God for us. And it is a teaching about the power of God for us. But he says, for this reason, right? And in, in Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 5, he talks about we were dead in our sins. And Christ made us spiritually alive and seated us in the heavens. Positionally. We've been changed, right? Right? Uh, Uh, Verse 10 of chapter 2 says, We are His workmanship, saved by His grace through faith that was even a gift from God. In in verse 19 of chapter 2, he says, We are no longer strangers and foreigners to God, but we are members of His household. Amen. I'm telling you, those are some good stuff. And then in verse 22 of chapter 2, he says, We are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So so upon that, he launches into this prayer for this reason. Because you were dead and now you're alive, because you've been seated with Christ in the heavenlies, you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, then, then he says this, right? He says, I bow my knees before the Father. You know, one of the guys that I read this week is a preacher, pastor, teacher named Warren Wiersbe. And and in his text, he talked about uh, our posture with God being referenced in the book of Ephesians. And I just read some of them, right? He said that that we were dead. We were buried in in the graveyard. But when we trusted Christ... He God raised us from the dead and seated us with seated us with Christ in the heavenlies. And because we are seated with Christ, Ephesians 4 chapter 1 says, we can then walk in a manner that is worthy. So you see so bef- right now we've got several different postures. We've got dead in the grave, we've got seated with Christ, we've got walking Right? And then you, you come to Ephesians chapter 6, and we learned that because of all of that, we are to stand against the devil. So you see all those different postures. And, and then Warren Wesby says this, right? He says, The posture that links sitting with walking and standing is bowing the knee. Prayer. Prayer. Now now nowhere in scripture are we commanded to kneel to pray. You know it was the practice of the first century Jewish uh folks to stand when praying. Certainly nothing wrong with that. We see Old Testament prophets that that stood to pray. We know that Solomon knelt on a platform on the temple at the dedication of the of the temple. We we even see we see several people bowing in Scripture and kneeling. We saw Jesus kneeling. We see Jesus on his face in the Garden of Gethsemane in prayer. We see Stephen kneeling to pray as they were stoning him. Now, whether or not we bow the knee to pray, some of you you, you would tell me, hey, if I get down on my knees, I ain't getting up. Right? And I get that, because you see, the posture, the posture of the body in praying is not is not the important part here, right? The important part is not necessarily that we bow the knee, although although I will tell you, for me, that is how I most earnestly pray. And I sense that was probably true with Paul as well. But it's not necessarily the posture of our knees in praying. As it is the posture of our heart and the posture of our, of our lives, right? Of, of how, we, how we come before God, right? Paul is, is saying that we, we come to God deeply and we come earnestly, Right? I mean, that's, that's the expression that, that we have when he says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. How do you approach God? Or even a better question, do you approach God? This is not necessarily just a sermon on prayer but I think it's a reminder to us all that we, we depend on God our Father. And as such, we should communicate and pray to God our Father. And, and not in some flippant way but in a way that is earnest, in a way that is deep, in a way that is honest. I don't know who told me honesty, but in a way that is honest. You know, every one of the characteristics that you guys spoke out as to a characteristic of a perfect father, do we understand that they embody the Lord God perfectly? And that's what, and that's what Paul says. He says, "Father." but when we approach God, the other thing that I thought about is, is how, how do we how do we really view God? I hope I pray that you view God as that Father, as that tender, loving, caring, compassionate, giving, providing, all of those characteristics that we talked about. Father, that that, that when you pray, that is how you you view God, that you come to him as as one of his children. That's what Paul was telling these Ephesians. Because you're his children, you can come to him as a father like this i think sometimes i don't i mean i don't know maybe maybe it's just in my imagination but it it seems like sometimes in in praying we we come to god with i don't know selfishly we come to him as as e- as if either he doesn't want to give us stuff And the most important stuff is not stuff. You guys know that, right? I mean, I'm not talking about material stuff. This is not a preach and get a million dollars thing, right? The most important stuff is not stuff. But but I wonder, as we come to God in prayer, do we come with that kind of a mindset? That we're coming to a Father that, that wants to give us what we need. More than what we can ask and think. And I feel like sometimes we come to God, and I think I'm probably even guilty of this, that we come to God sometimes with some kind of an entitlement mentality. You know, God, you owe me this. Well, guess what? He is sovereign, almighty God. He doesn't owe me anything. Right now, now Jesus even said, when he, you know, he's talking about fatherhood you know you remember he said you know you guys that are evil you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more how much more does your heavenly father who love you desire to give you good gifts it ought to it ought to prompt us like it did paul you know, in the writings of Paul, he is forever just launching. You know, he, he just thinks of something that brings glory to God, and he'll just launch out into a prayer of thanksgiving, right? Well, that that ought to be characteristic of our lives too, as children of God, right? That this the prayers that are prayers that are spontaneous and and approaching God, but you see, Paul uh, Paul approaches God as as Father. Now I chose to use the New American Standard Bible today, right? Because in in that passage in the King James and the New King James Bible, right, um, it says, uh, "For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." Right. The King James and the New King James are the only ones that have that in it, and in all of the oldest manuscripts that I, they have found, that that, that wasn't there. Right? Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, because the Father was the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? And that was who Paul was praying to. But, but, but do you see how, I think what Paul had in mind was much more intimate than that. He wasn't talking about somebody else's Father. And that's kind of evident from the next phrase, right? I bow my knees to the Father, to the Father from whom Every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I like what the NIV says, right? The NIV says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. You know, there is a sense in which God as the creator is the father of all mankind, Right? But just like all fathers are not the same, it's not the same thing that God is the father of all and God is the father of his children. It's different, it's special. You know, Brenda and I were trying to recall a movie that we watched, and I can't remember what it was, but, you know, there was this old man that owned this ranch, and um, uh, he had invited his grandson to come and spend some time with him. And the grandson come, but unbeknownst to the grandfather, the grandson bought a bunch of his buddies. And the grandpa, he didn't wasn't particularly nice to them. You know, he didn't welcome them in and offer them food and offer them places to sleep and 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 wasn't all that stuff. And they upset the grandson. Why are you treating my friends like this? And he said, there's some people that are just special. You're special. Your family. Do you know what? That's the way it is with God, too. That's the way it is with God, too. He is our Father, and we are special. And He has blessed us, the Bible says, with every spiritual blessing. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go on. What time is it? Okay, I'm doing all right. All right, I can't even... Think of where I'm at, oh um even though it may sound like in in that that you know that that he is father, that every uh, where's it at now that every family of heaven are. Not called by his name, you know. There's, there's no such thing, really. And, and I, and I pray that you know that. But I think I'm going to say it anyway. There's really no, no such thing in Scripture as God promising to be the Father of all and to save all. Right? If, if there would have been, then when Nicodemus came to Jesus to say, "What must I do to be saved?" Jesus wouldn't have told him, you must be born again. Right? You must be born again. For, for God to be your father, right, there is, a, there is a yielding that must be done to the Father God. That yielding comes through faith, prompted by the Spirit of God. And it's faith in the Son of God, Jesus, and His giving His life on the cross. And and when by faith we are enabled to, to trust Him and yield our lives to Him, then God adopts us into His family. And that makes us part of the family of God. And then all of the blessings and all of the promises that come from the perfect Father become available to us. I hope you've done that. I hope there has been a time in your life when you have sensed the Spirit of God drawing you and calling you to repent and give your life to Christ. I hope that you've done that. If not, I'm going to tell you it's highly likely that in today's service you will feel it. And I would just like to tell you that if you do, if you do sense the call of God for the first time for real, yield your life to me, trust me, experience me as a real father, Then at the end of this service, when we start an invitation, you come down these aisles and proclaim publicly that you're a child of God. See, there's no magic in it. The Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's as simple as that. But there is a confession that is necessary. There is a confession to come to to say before family, right? Brothers and sisters, adopted brothers and sisters in Christ, hey, I'm part of the family. And if you've never done that and you sense God doing it, then you come today and do that, all right? And that's not the invitation. It's just getting a little early, all right? Well, there's four requests in Paul's prayer. Each one of them is connected, kind of, to the other, and I want us to look at them today. Let's go to verse sixteen. He prays that that he, God, would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened in the inner man, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. So he prays that the inner man might have Spiritual strength. The inner man might have spiritual strength. He also, he also prays that, that this spiritual strength would, would in turn lead to a deeper experience with Christ. And this deeper experience would enable them to apprehend or to get a hold of God's great love for them which will result in them being filled to all the fullness of God. So the four things that Paul was praying for was strength and depth and apprehension and fullness. He prayed, he prayed that, the, that they would be strengthened with power. Dunam, the word's dunamis. Where do we get our word dynamite from? That he would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. And I want you to to note the source, right? The the source is his his power, his spirit in the inner man. And he he said he wanted to, to, he prayed that he would grant you that. The word grant is to give. Prayed that God would give you that strength in the inner man according to his riches. According to his riches. And he he has everything. Right now, if, if a wealthy man, right, if a, if a millionaire was to give you some money, he might be able to give you enough money to make you happy. If he gave you out of his wealth. And by the way, some translations say, out of his riches. I don't like that. This is according to his riches. But if a billionaire gave you money according to his riches, it would change your life. You understand what I'm saying? The, the riches of Christ. This, this is not some little power. Lord, just give me the power to not yield to that temptation. Okay, he will. Right, but it is so much more. He says that he would grant you power through the Holy Spirit to be strengthened in the inner man. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that the outer, man, that the outer man is decaying, right? But that the inner man is renewed day by day. You know what that means? It means you never get too old. You never get too feeble. You never get too sick to grow spiritually in God. It has nothing to do with the outer man. It has all to do with the inner man. Well, what 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 is what is this thing right with the with the inner man? Right? Well, the inner man is a spiritual man. Right? It is who you really are. Right? And strength in the inner man is that, is that power, that strength that, in, that enables you to stand firm in Christ, that in, enables you to resist temptation and sin, that enables you to live for Christ, that enables you to serve Christ, that enables you to rise above whatever situation may be going on in your life. The inner man. When everything else is going wrong with the outer man, it does not have to in the inner man. It's that part of us that gives us our our will, right, and our our fortitude, our our strength to stand. You know, we have we have enemies in this world, the devil. You know who is an enemy of God? The Bible says that he seeks to harm us. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. I think most Christians don't understand. Don't They may understand that, but they don't live like they know that. We have an enemy. Well, the inner man is strengthened to stand against that enemy. We also have flesh. <laughs> Doggone it that is selfish, and it wants what it wants, and it wants its own way, and it wants people to yield to it, and it has cravings that are not godly. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, guess what? The strength and the power of the Holy Spirit in the inner man gives victory over the flesh. It's the strength of the inner man that remembers God. It's the strength of the inner man that remembers to pray. That wants to pray for others. To serve others, even when it's hard. Because the inner man is being strengthened day by day, moment by moment, through the power of the Holy Spirit next thing that Paul says is that the strength in the inner man leads to Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith. Next verse. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The verb dwell literally means to settle down and feel at home. Now, there's no doubt when Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians, he calls them saints. He knows they're saved. He knows that they've been given the Holy Spirit as a seal of their redemption, that they have trusted in the work of Christ. But there is something different here that Paul is praying for them. He prays that that Christ dwell richly in their hearts and lives, that, that Christ Come in, make his home, and feel comfortable there. You know, there's an Old Testament story about Abraham. Gosh, guys probably remember it. Abraham and Sarah, you know, they lived in a tent, and they were childless. And Abraham looks out, the, I guess tents don't have windows, but looked out the door of his tent, and, and there's three men coming. And the Bible tells us that it was the Lord and two angels. Come to visit Abraham, they come to tell him and Sarah you're going to be blessed with a son Isaac. Abraham believed God, Sarah really had a little trouble with it but but nonetheless abraham Abraham believed it, so they I mean they killed the fatted calf and they prepared food and and the picture is one. <coughs> The picture is one of fellowship, right? I mean, can you imagine? Let's kill the fatted calf, Lord, and have a meal together and talk. And that's that's what happened. But then the Bible says that, but then they looked down the road to Sodom. They were actually on their way to Sodom to destroy the city of Sodom for its sinfulness. There was a problem to Abraham because his nephew Lot lived there. He didn't want Lot to have to die with all the others because of the sinfulness. But the Bible says that, that when they had finished, the Lord left and the angels went ahead. The Lord did not go to Sodom. Now those angels they went into the house of Lot. Lot was a Lot was a believer. He wasn't doing everything like he ought to be doing, but he was a believer. Right? I mean, and he tried to protect the angels as if they needed protecting, but he didn't know that. He tried to protect the angels from the sinfulness of of the city. Until finally the angels just draw him in and close the door and you know, they're toast. I mean, I mean this is Marty paraphrasing, right? We're going, to, we're going to destroy them. We're going to save you and your family. But we're going to destroy everybody else. But you see, the Lord wasn't there. What's the difference? Why did the Lord not go to Lot's house? Because he was not comfortable dwelling with Lot. You see that? You know, we, we sense it in our own lives, I think. There are times when we feel closer to God. There are, there are times you've had seasons in your life. I pray that you've had seasons in your life where the presence of God was just so, so real. Well, you know what? That's the power of God dwelling with you. That's what Paul prays for these folks. That God might dwell with them. That Christ might dwell in your hearts. I'm going to have to quit this morning. I got another sermon or two out of this passage because there's more. We haven't even talked about being rooted and grounded in love. Oh, I tell you what. The things... The way God intends to treat and to bless His children is beyond all you ask or even think. You know, will you join me in 2023? Right? In, in, in a renewed commitment to live in those ways. I mean, we've got a lot more to talk about. But but it has but it has to do you know Psalm Psalm one, right? Talk, talks about the man who is prosperous, and he said he's like a tree that grows by the streams of water, whose fruit prospers and it never withers. And he and he he says that 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 comes from delighting in the law of the Lord. Richard Crawford on every week on the back of your bulletin has Bible reading passages. If you read those Bible reading passages in the course of a year, you will have read the whole Bible. Right, Robert? Yeah. So certainly, staying in the Word is, is part of it. Praying is part of it. Praying earnestly to God. And thankfulness and petition. Believing that He can do. That He is able to do more than what we ask or think. Because we're His children. And he loves us. And He provides for us. And He protects us. And, and all of those things that a perfect Father does. Our Father is Him. I tell you, I'm so glad to be a child of God. Wayne, come up and lead us in a word hymn of invitation. You guys stand with us as we sing. If you've not ever yielded your life to Christ, you come and do that today. And maybe there in your own pew, or if you want to come down to this altar, you can. Just commit yourself to recognize your Father more. He's so good. man. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at A-T-T dot net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctettle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.